All right, all right, all right. No, there's Matthew McConaughey. I know. It is that <laughs> time of the week again. It is your favorite Tunday. I love that you say tun- it is Tunday. I still say Muse Day, but it's really Tunday. It's totally a Tunday when you join us and we had the holiday, the day off, and so we have compressed the week in the stock market to four days. Welcome to the True Well Show on this, your first Tunday of September. Aww. Did you say September? September. Oh, I thought September. you had a D in there. I was like, are we just changing words all over the place now? Fibtuba. <laughs> <laughs> Not a real month. Thanks, David. <laughs> you so, know what's even worse, folks, is when you say funny things like Febtober, and I know what he's talking about, right? Like, I've doesn't. been around you long enough that you can make up words, and I still understand the conversation. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, that's a good sign right there. And so, welcome to the madness that is the True Wealth Show, where we talk about your money. Of course, true wealth is not just the dollars in your pocket. Money is how you trade your time. True wealth is the memories and relationships you form along the way, which are the things that really matter. And if you don't believe me, just get super rich and then get bored. Okay. Right? Challenge. Challenge. Accepted. Challenge accepted. There you go. Uh, you know, I, I was just had this conversation with somebody today, and the idea that, you know, the game of more, you're never going to win. True. Right? You can't win the game of more. And just getting more at some point really does lead to less fulfillment because nothing is out of reach. Maybe the laws of physics, right? I want to fly. It's okay. Well, you can get in a hot air balloon or you can go in a plane you can do all those things like but you know you're probably not going to get wings but uh you get pretty darn close to a lot of things if that's what you want to do because money can make that available the problem is that when everything is available there's no challenge there's no quest right there's what's the point where's the adventure but is everything always available well, so so this is like the Hollywood conundrum, right? Like you can't actually buy love and you can't actually buy happiness. Well, but, you know, I was going to get a lot it. of people to fake it for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You could pay for somebody to pretend to love you. No, I was going to say, I, you know, I think that's part of the reason that like even Donald Trump ran for president. Right. Like you can't buy the presidency. Right. You right. have to run. You have to win it. It's something that's a challenge. Well, and this is a funny thing. At some point. I think what started as novelty became sport, became the presidency, right? Right. And uh, this is funny. You you started this this time because you. It's my fault. I brought on politics. I apologize, you guys. This wasn't meant to go down the political thing. I was just thinking, what are things that you can't buy? Like you can't buy the presidency just because you have a billion dollars doesn't mean that you will automatically get elected as the next president. Like you actually have to run. People have to vote for you. Yeah. Although here's the interesting thing. I don't even have to get into politics. I'm gonna. I've had this funny revelation lately, and maybe it's just brought me some sanity in a world that's so divided over politics right now and that is uh we all got suckered into something right or or most everybody i mean there's a handful of folks that you know if you start saying you're woke i'm gonna just you know point and laugh but that's not what i mean the idea though that there's something going on in politics that we miss right it's the idea that we're divided on purpose right so if you're divided on purpose, the question is why? And the answer is political science. Okay. Right? Because, no, we didn't, if, if you, did you ever take a, a poli-sci class? 
I'm sure I have it. Like some an point, intro right? to poli sci. Yeah, or like something. I'm, it's I'm just, pretty sure you have to at some point to poli sci graduate college. But it wasn't well defined when I took the intro to poli sci. My professor was kind of fun, and we read some stuff and whatever. But I didn't really put together a lot of what's going on. And the the science behind politics anymore is if you have a two party system. Primarily, and there will be some out you squawking, oh, we got these others too. But by and large, we have a two-party system. The, uh, the, the third parties as options in the United States are relatively inconsequential. Now, that's not to say, like, like the independent vote matters, absolutely. And the Green Party and all those, they have their roles. But most of the time, what a third-party candidate does is they take votes away from one team. True. Well, they, I mean, they have right? to take votes away from somebody. Well, you take them from somewhere, but you don't generally have a third party candidate that's moderate, right? They're more extreme on one direction or the other. And so they take from the more moderate category. And that's kind of what the right and left do. So when you see something that's really polarizing and this really makes you angry, keep in mind that that thing, that issue that was triggering you, they're doing a couple things. One of them is a psychology event. Okay. So right. how how is that exactly? Well, if you are quote unquote triggered, then you are out of the logic response and into the emotion response. Right. And right. there's been studies that have shown if you're emotional, you can't be logical. You yeah, you, they don't exist in the same sphere, right? So you get somebody into their emotional space by by getting them angry. And then so then you can get behaviors to be sort of fight or flight. So you lash out or you run or you do what you're going to do. But you're not thinking through the whole decision at that point. So you become more predictable as a voter, though, because if you either fight or flight, then you because if get you to fight see, and you get angry, well, then did, they know where to kind yeah. of corral you down into. Right. Well, which side of the issue did you polarize to? Did you emotionally run to one side or the other? Good. That's probably how you're going to vote. Ah, behavior predictability. Right. And so now you think about this for a moment. Everybody out there on social media or watching YouTube or whatever it may be, all of that data is being tracked. Oh, yeah. Right. And all of that data starts to become useful in behavior prediction. Which, speaking of tracking, I'm going to switch it up just a second. Sure. There are people out there that, you know, try to avoid social media and email and everything else as much as they can because they're worried about being tracked. And then there's other people like me where I'm like, well, I'm going to be tracked anyway. I might as well just be me. Like, do you have an opinion on that? I mean, it's 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 in it, like I don't want to get into like conspiracy theory land, but you know, like I'm, I am honestly tracked, right? Like I, if I look at something, like if I look at a flight or a destination or a vacation, all of a sudden my email's flooded with like, hey, you should buy this bonus vacation. Oh, if or if you're on the internet, you know, Facebook's like, look at me, yeah. look at me. It's hard not to be tracked. I don't know all of the ways that this works, but I know that when you click on something, your browser is tracking where you've been in that history, even if it is somewhat anonymized as to who you are, like they don't have your name associated with it, but they know your profile. And they I don't have know. their name associated with it, too. They know me because there are shirts that show up in my Facebook feed that talk about being an operations manager. Now, it doesn't just say manager. It says operations manager. So yeah. I'm like, you got my number. <laughs> they, they totally have this down to a very granular level. And the, the really frustrating thing to people is that you probably are more predictable than you realize. I right? actually... 
see, I look at it on the flip side, right? People are like, oh, they're tracking me. They're, they're watching everything I do. I'm thinking, man, thanks for that like reference or thanks for that extra website that I may not have found on my own, but I bought something from or um, you, you, you know what like, I mean? Like, thank you for having me buy stuff. Katie, Katie, Katie. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is a true wealth show where we're trying to talk about making good financial decisions. You're like, that was a great serendipity purchase. I love that operations <laughs> well, manager. No, no, shirt. no, no. So let me backtrack for this. <laughs> David's birthday is coming up. And I oh, have already geez. bought his birthday present. Now, you know, again, we're going to talk about money, right? Like when you have your own wealth, and and we haven't said a number or anything, but when you, when you're when you're financially comfortable and you can buy whatever you want, gift giving is trickier, right? Because it's like, well, if if he wanted a new watch, he'd just go buy a new watch. And so it's not like people automatically hold back in certain categories. They just kind of go, well, I wanted a new thing, so I bought a new thing. So gift giving becomes difficult. So I usually try to I find. I don't buy myself stuff. Ever. Okay, <laughs> I rarely. But it's but but nah, you're getting better. But <laughs> but it's okay. but the, the my point being is I always look for something. Home automation stuff doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> it does too. That's quirky or kind of off, just not standard, right? And so I actually enjoy the fact that I get some stuff that's kind of random thrown at me because I don't know that I ever would have found it on my own but it's perfect now I stay on a budget so I already budgeted a certain amount of money for your birthday so it wasn't that I made an impulse purchase off budget but it helped me find something that I really wanted to get you so there you go well there is relevance to this whole conversation <laughs> to your financial life I know they're like who cares and, and you've you've kind of appropriately brought us to that point because what starts is politics it, it, it the system is super complex and it is connected there was a joke on twitter today and somebody was explaining what if maybe this market is actually so sophisticated that it can't be solved oh. at which i scratched my head and go well duh i mean it was a sarcastic joke if you read the whole post it was uh the, the guy was the point is that this is there are an infinite number of variables that right. are constantly evolving so you don't solve the market and you don't you certainly can't take a handful of indicators and say well this clearly means that uh, i mean it doesn't and the example that i pointed to for a while now is the inverted yield curve okay we've talked about this on the program how short-term rates are higher than long-term rates and what that means well, what it has meant in the past, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything now other than we still don't think we have long-term inflation pressure because the long-term rate's not going higher. But short-term, we have some mechanical things going on in the marketplace that are leading to higher short-term interest rates. So it's, it's odd, but does it mean that for sure, oh, the recession is imminent? Well, look, there's an old expression, right? A broken clock is right twice a day. You know what I mean by that? I do, and it's such a funny expression. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, for all of our listeners, if a broken clock is right twice a day, what does that mean? So, like, if the clock arm stopped at 3 o'clock, it's going to be 3 o'clock twice a day, 3 a.m. and 3 p.m. So, if it's stopped, it doesn't matter. It's going to be right twice well, a day because it's going to be right when yeah. it's on that specific time. And so, all I have to do is never change my story until, a, like, the recession's <laughs> coming, a recession's coming. And eventually, when the recession comes, I can go, see, I told you. Yeah. So uh, there are uh, the expression of, now we know bears and bulls, right? Right. Okay, so bear market, market that's declining. Bull market, market that's rising. And so there are perma bears and perma bulls. Perma bears. 
that doesn't mean that they have curly hair either. No, although now that is <laughs> hilarious. I'm thinking about specifically bears with perms. Well, the curly-haired bear, I think I've seen like stuffed animals, but I've never seen a curly-haired bull before, and so it's like I have this vision of like Ferdinand. With a perm. I know, it's isn't that great? So, so and, and back to the bears no, and the perma bulls. like permanent. I, right? I get it. I was be, just oh, I'm a perma bear. I'm nah. a perma bull. I'd rather have it be a perma bull, right? Because then it's uprising and like. Well, it's you know, there's let I it could, go. I could just say like there's people that are eternal optimists and eternal pessimists. Too. True. Same concept, but the reality is that yeah, if you keep calling for the sky to fall and eventually the market goes down, you're like, see, I told you. Well, it could be years before you're right. Right. Okay. And, and for, this is this is like the person on the with, on the street corner with the sandwich board sign that says the end of the world is coming. Well. Eventually, you know, it will. Eventually, but. <laughs> like so, so, so you know, either name a time and and not a value, or name a value and not a time. Right. <laughs> that, that's you can't do trick. both. It's like I can give you all kinds of predictions. I just won't give them with any kind of time context. Oh goodness! You know? And that's the trick. Is so, uh, but if you do both, then you're dangerous. There you go. Yeah, because if you're wrong, uh oh. I know. So, like, I guarantee I'll make some kind of gaffe at some point soon. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So in the context of, you know, so we have politics goes into big data, goes into you are in a at least still relatively capitalist society that's trying to sell you stuff. So the question is, how do you survive all of that and still become financially successful? Ooh, I want to know. I know you do. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about it. Awesome. All right. Until then... Stick around. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. You're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio with Katie Shuck. And if you were just joining us, I remind you to check out the podcast, which is all over the place now. Is it? Well, it's, it's on. It's on the radio station's website, it's on our website, it's on Blueberry, it's on iTunes. Right. Am I missing something? Uh, Possibly know. Well, it's hosted on Blueberry, so you can find it all over the place. But, yeah, so go check out the True Wealth radio show. And then you can also, if you're not sure, go to the website, littlejohnfs.com, right? So Little John Financial. And it's that's what the FS is, financial services, because we're super clever, right? So Little John. <laughs> and it's there's an H in there. It's all one word, Little John, J-O-H-N. FS.com. Right? Yeah, so by the way, FS. obviously you guys are listening and you know his name is David Little John. Not to be confused with John Little. I yeah. love it when people call our office and they're like, is John Little there? To which we were like, nope. <laughs> so nope. I, always, I love it when that happens. You're like, sales call. Yeah. <laughs> and no, you have the wrong number. <laughs> Easy. Screen out. Uh, have you ever gotten calls at your home for, um, uh, um, oh my gosh, Heather's maiden name. Like, have they ever, have they ever called and said like, you know, is David Marshall there or something? Well, no. You've never had that? Every no, once in a while, really. stuff gets, like, screwed up, and my poor husband gets calls, and they're like, oh, is Thomas Unruh there? And he's like, really? Like, where, where were you on that one? Big, big data. Jeez. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're that like, was the uh, first segment, if you're just joining us. So we, we're teasing about big data. Yeah, we're not that modern. He didn't take my last name. I took his. So <laughs> it always makes it very interesting. There you go. All right. So before so, the break, we were talking about... Yeah, so we're talking about big data and how... Look... For now, we're going to say that we still live in a relatively capitalistic culture. True. Right? And 
not all of our market is free. Some of it is free-ish. Some of it is highly regulated, which makes for dislocation, right? And we see dislocation in things like medicine and healthcare. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just going to say dislocated markets. We know the values are out of whack, right? Insulin that uh, has changed price radically, not because it's any different, but because they can charge more. Right. Yeah, it right? went from like under hundred bucks to four hundred dollars or something. I don't know crazy. what it is. I'm I'm grateful that no one in my family, immediate family, deals with it. But I have people close to me that do, and I know that it's expensive. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the EpiPen, not, not insulin. Yeah, no, I Epi, apologize. Yeah, I was Epi, thinking of the EpiPen. EpiPen different, right? Uh, not insulin. No, nonetheless, uh, total price gouging, in my opinion. Right. And of course. Uh, gouging is a whole different scenario. Um, I will say this uh, because I, you know I have friends and family and people I care about on the East Coast. Uh, but I, I hope that there's no gouging situations should this storm Dorian actually come through and really right. make a mess. And I've I've been through hurricanes on the East Coast before. No, David likes to travel with hurricanes. By the way, I missed Every, it this time. I know that's I that it. is actually. A surprise. Right. And the markets didn't go too catastrophic. They don't like it's it. It's like catastrophic, but you know. Catastrophic. You start to say catastrophe, but midway through you decide to change the word to <laughs> catastrophic. You hung it on the wrong uh, syllable. <laughs> so, yep, that's what we did. And um, You realize all the teachers out there are like cringing right now, right? Like, David, come on. <laughs> what? This is live. Okay. That's what happens. Live radio. Live. And I don't even have a bleep button, so watch your language, Katie. I, David sailor. was making fun of me earlier because I said sometimes words just escape my mouth like prisoners out of the yard. And he started laughing so hard. And it's like, no, 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 get back in yeah, there. I, I, I was trying. Where's the fence? <laughs> like, that bell is never going to get unrung. Anyhow, Sorry, folks. Sorry. Um, I I really am. I like this question you brought up earlier and this, like, this question of is big data and what's going on is it good or is it bad or are you being tracked should you be paranoid or whatever i don't know how paranoid you should be but what i will tell you is in some form or fashion you are being tracked right okay? if you have a cell phone it they know where you've been with your phone a debit they card credit know, card well and there's some really high level sophistication about targeting and tracking we have tons of data linked to who you are, where you go, what you look at, what you buy, what you don't. I mean, they, there's just so much that can be extrapolated that uh, some of the mystery of people is a little, uh, t it's, it's, it's less mysterious from a capitalist perspective. Your, your behaviors are somewhat predictable is what happens, or at least the things they know about. And there are and ways- And by the way, speaking of predictable behaviors, if you don't think that you have predictable behaviors, Ask yourself, do I drive the same way to work every single day? Do I have favorite meals I order at restaurants every time I go there? Like, we all have some sort of predictable behaviors, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it, some people are like, oh, I'm, well, I'm never know, predictable. And it's like, really? You do really? small routines, right? Yeah. Like, which pocket do you carry your keys in? Where do you, there, there's... Our, our world is full of little shortcuts and systems that we make all the time. You just may not think of it as such, but absolutely. Um, nevertheless, I'm not really here to make a judgment call whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, my personal take on it is that uh, being somewhat uh, more anonymous is okay, and the reason for that is because I have trust issues with government. And not government on the whole, but government that there are people that will overreach 
because government is a powerful tool. And so True. when given the opportunity, I don't think our government's inherently evil, but I think that we sometimes get bad players operating within our government. Well, and, and unintended consequences for within our government. So. Any industry, right? Like it's, it, how does the old adage go? One bad apple ruins, spoils the bunch. Like it's, right. you know, I mean, there's always, I would say in every industry, there's always like someone who's not quite on the up and up. Sure. But so, again, let's, we don't need to play not the game digress. of paranoid. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am going to suggest though, is that when you are big data, if you're online, they're looking to tempt you. Heck yeah. Okay. And it's almost a game to them. It's like, well, what, how can we stand out from everybody else in such a way as to capture your attention so that we can separate you from your money? Yeah. I mean, down to like the type of font they use, the color of the background of the ad. Like there are people that get paid a ton of money to manipulate the ads to increase the revenue. Yeah. And they test them, right? So it's not necessarily... It doesn't matter. I mean, whether it's manipulation or not, uh, the the goal is to get you to take action. Okay. Right. I also believe that sometimes we think the system is more sophisticated than it is, as if um, Google is somehow nothing but enlightened geniuses. And if you get on their <laughs> browser and start looking at things, they know everything about you, and they are going to use it to somehow weaponize and target against you. I don't think it's that sophisticated. I think what it is, though, is they know tons of stuff about you, and they know that if you are this general age and this income bracket and your birthday is around this area and these other things are the things that you buy a lot, that if they put these carrots in front of you, dangle them enough times, you're likely to nip at one of them. True. Right? I would so agree. that's how they're doing this. And, they, and then when you do, they learn more about the next carrot to dangle in front of you. Right. So... It's, those things are going to change in your life, but what can you do as an investor, as a money saver, saver, just operating in this world that is barraging you with lots of advertisements? Okay? Oh, that's such a good question. And so, one of the things is be aware. Okay. Right. That uh, sounds very open ended. Be aware. I well, mean, it's like you know, stay safe. <laughs> You're so like, thanks. How do I do that? Let's use a more tangible. Uh, example of what I mean by awareness. Uh, and maybe what I should say is uh, don't do things on autopilot. Okay, so you need to, if, you, if you're if you somebody that can easily do just a one-click shopping and you have a propensity to say, oh, I'll just click buy it now and it's done, you've taken some of the safety steps out of the way between you and the transaction. Amazon, just saying. Yeah, and Amazon <laughs> totally does it on purpose. They know your default payment type and they know your default shipping terms. And if you click buy it now, you're done. Yeah. Okay. They get it. Okay. And yeah. so. Even Dave Ramsey says that he's guilty of that. Well, like <laughs> this is who it's exactly who I was going to bring up. Uh, see, I've been around you long enough. Right. I know. Dave I just Ramsey know. would be the one to point out if you don't want to spend money, start carrying cash. Right. Because cash is harder to give up, especially if you have big bills. Go, don't get a bunch of dollars, get a bunch of hundreds. Oh, yeah. And then, you know what? Walk into McDonald's with a hundred dollar bill in your pocket and no debit card. They may not cash it. And you're going to go, you know what? I'm on a diet anyway. <laughs> I was like, um, they may not actually take it if it's a hundred. I think they have a hard time taking 50s from time to the, time. The but. point is that it's harder to break. 
Well, right? you know, and for a different reason sometimes because people are spending so much on credit these days that they don't carry as much change in cash as they used to because the average transaction is done with a card. And so even that is something to think about, right? That most restaurants and stuff don't carry the amount of petty cash that they used to. You know, I think credit cards are dangerous because they're sort of like low-grade anesthesia. They're like yeah, like ibuprofen or aspirin. I was just giving David a really weird look. Could you yeah. explain that, please? <laughs> so They kind of numb everything a little bit? They do. They dull a little bit of the pain. They distance you from the transaction. Oh, yeah. No, they totally do. Right? It's the casino chip theory. Let's make it not your money. Yeah. And by the way, if you don't think they're trying to make it fun for you to spend, why would you have fun creative designs on your credit card? Yeah. It's... Like, I mean, people are paying to upgrade their actual card to a fun design. I will say at one point, I can say this because I'm no longer actively banking with them, but I had a Wells Fargo business account and they did have the business credit card and I could put my own background on it. And we had a fun trip to Disney, but I was, I read like, well, don't put picture of your family on the card because then it's like a different ID theft issue. So I didn't do that, but it's a really cool picture from our vacation. I was like, I'm gonna put that on there. And I did. I set a credit card with like a picture from our vacation. I was like, it's fun to pull out and be like, look at that. That's cool. Um, uh, of course you did. <laughs> and so if you think about it, look, I am a trained professional. With and still finance. puts pictures on credit cards. <laughs> and that gimmick was still novel to me. So <laughs> if it, it can get anybody. That's true. That's <laughs> so, true. So awareness, right? That's a really critical thing to keep in the back of your mind. And then the other one, this is your probably one of your favorite things in the known universe to talk about of course we haven't done this in a long time but it comes up as like what's step one or two in the uh fpu financial peace university right okay the, the budget ah uh, yeah budget budgeting is not actually a step it's just something you're supposed to do it's something you're supposed to do now we talk about this all the time like we really we talk about it although we haven't talked about it for a while but why is it so important? That's such a good question. I would love to answer that. So, after the I'm, break, I, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> hang on. For, I'm gonna take the break, and when we come back, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a little bit of a pass. I'm gonna talk about how to make budgeting not such a pain in the rear. But remember, this is to protect you from you. All right. So that and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn and Katie Shuck. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. But that's not even surprising. Right? There are plenty of things I don't understand. No, I think, you know, so David and I joke around, right? Like in, in, that we know just enough to be dangerous about a lot of things, but like not enough to be an expert. Yeah. Except for financial services. But there, it's, uh, there are things that I'm not an expert on, uh, but that's OK. I, you know, I, I'm good at research. I like that you said, you know, I, I'm good at being a librarian, like, right? I'm good at finding yeah, it. I'm a good librarian. I'm very good at research and finding answers. But I'm not the library. Yes. So, so anyway. there's a difference. Um, welcome back. True Wealth <clears throat> Radio Show. Right. And again, reminder, uh, you can check out the podcast. Go to our website at Little John FS. That's Little John Financial Services. If you just want to Google us and you'll find us and you can check out the podcast. We're on iTunes and all over the place. So you can get all the goodies that you missed so far. But here's the key that we got to talk about, um, because every now and then you just need to have this booster shot. 
right? It's like, you know what? That's a good way to look at it. Budgeting is like getting your flu shot every year. Like yeah. you just need to do it. Yeah, Nobody you, wants you just, it. Nobody goes, oh, yay, yeah. a flu shot. Now, let me let me tell you the couple. I promised, though, I wanted to give you a way to do this as a, a form of protection, not a form of misery, because I get it. Budgets are pretty lame. Uh, like they're not necessarily fun. If you love putting the budget together, first of all, You're a nerd, not a free spirit. Second of all, (laughs) I don't know. Send us an email at info at littlejohnfs because we need to harness your power for good. Um, So if if that's your thing, you just love budgets, then by all means, uh, we need to speak. Uh, Although it may be not what you think Um, (laughs) because I'll I'll have fun with you. Nevertheless, the budgeting process, here's what I think where people sometimes get it wrong, first off, is – they think, all right, well, let me just get a spreadsheet or something, and I'll just dump everything on a piece of paper. Or they think, well, let me just get my credit card statements and just write down everything I spent. Okay, uh, a statement isn't a budget. Okay, let me get very clear. Like you just writing down everything you spend—that's not a budget. No, it's not. And I'm—I was trying to—I'm thinking about what you're saying about like, oh, looking at your statement now. If you want like to know a credit card or a bank statement, and just right? Say, oh, here's all the transactions. Now, a budget That's should be budget. you take your income and then figure out what your outgo is, yeah. and they should match. Now, getting a baseline for what you're spending in each category, yeah, you can go back through your statements, and I'd say you know if you're determined enough to kind of really figure out what you're spending, go back through the last six months worth of statements because that'll give you a good idea, and then figure out you know. If you're overspending, how much you're overspending, or are there categories that jump out at you? Because I think yeah. sometimes eating out is one of those categories that you think, oh, it was just a $3 meal here or $7 right. meal here. And all of a sudden you're like, ooh, I spent $500 on eating out at junk food this month. And yeah. then, then you're kind of like, mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. So if you spend less than you make, first off, high five. Right. Right. Double high five. And the next couple of minutes are not necessarily for you. Unless it is because you want to be able to communicate to somebody else how to help them. I think everybody should know. Okay. Well, you're getting it right, though. So, so, but here's the, here's the secret. What? They're probably going to listen anyway. I know. Because they're like, <laughs> I want to know what I'm doing right. Right. Uh, because if you're spending less than you're making, you're doing it right. Right. So here's the thing about budgets, though. And this is especially important for those of you that are right at the wire. Like, gosh, I feel like I'm spending everything I make. You may be, but what you need is the right reason to say no to yourself. Okay, uh, there. And by are, the way, that is the hardest argument. There, there are to win. <laughs> three words that are perhaps more destructive than any three other words in financial planning. I'm trying to wonder what these three words. I are. I deserve it. Oh, okay. by the way, I have fallen down on this one. Uh, there. That is probably the biggest argument I have with myself, right? I deserve yeah. it. And it's yeah. it's hard when you know I you work hard. It. And oh. here's here's the way you answer this. So guilty. I deserve it. Sure. Now I say, can you afford it? Those are not the same question, by the way. Right? Can you afford it? The four words following it. This is the seven <laughs> word test, right? Seven, it's next to godliness. I deserve it. Can I afford it? And if both of those are yes. Then have fun. Okay. But if they're not. Then the answer is no. we got a problem. <laughs> so. so it's it's true. The I deserve it. Like I said, I am guilty of that. There's been times that I'm like, I deserve it. Now, it needs to be within your budget. And what you can ask yourself is, 
not whether or not you deserve it, but is it something you can save for or budget for? And it may be something that you don't get today, but maybe you get delayed gratification, right? Like if I save a little this month and a little next month, then I can do the thing I want to do and still deserve it and feel good about it without going into debt for it. Sure. So the the takeaway here, though, I tease about this, you know, the, the seven word test, right? Okay. But back to our budget context context and what do you do look figure out how much you earn right right and, and right. after after taxes look i have this much money left right Af on my paycheck this is what i have and then you start with categories okay right. and there's some really big ones like food, food gas transportation rent or mortgage payment shelter right okay those are like the basics of your your pyramid. It's like, I got to be able to eat. I need a place to sleep. I need to be able to get around places. And then the the insurance category really has to go in the budget. It's like that. And if I don't have those, if something else goes wrong that, that it stops me from being able to do those three things. Right. Right? Right. Then I, those, are, those are the biggies. And then you can get into the stuff like, oh, I want a pet or something else. I and mean, this one's always thrown me by the way, when it's like, you know what? I have no money, but I managed to spend $200 a month on dog food. I'm like, what? <laughs> so the one I was gonna say that's a big expense that we haven't mentioned so far is childcare. Well, um, yeah, and that's- If you have a child. If I'm, you have a I, child. So if, if you're in the age group or if you're just, if you have a child, um, that is something that every time I looked at a budgeting spreadsheet, they're like, oh, childcare expenses should be 10% of your income. And I was like, um, no, because I work full time. And depending on the age of your child, sometimes full time care can be quite costly, especially well, if you have more than one kid that's in full time care. Here's, here's the argument that I can't accept is that, well, they all cost too much. So I just spend more than I have. Yeah, no. That actually doesn't work. I mean, if you're actually in that spot, then some things are wrong. Right. Like things are out of whack. And it, it, it I'm not going to say it's pretty. Okay. That's not where I'm going to get to. I mean, certainly you, you don't get to start. You shouldn't starve. Okay. But if you get down to a point where you're like, look, I only spend, you know, $300 a month on my housing and $100 on food. And I, you know, I, I still don't have enough to make it. And I'm going, okay. And you're spending nowhere else. You're in the point where I just know you're going to start qualifying for assistance. Right. Okay. So you will f qualify for a lot of government assistance at that point, to which I would say then that's part of your strategy. But I also think your your strategy should be to get off of that assistance. Right. And Can that, this you... may be offensive to some people listening to where it's like, well, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. F be offended. I know that sounds crazy that I would say that, but be offended. Government assistance is not meant to be a lifestyle. It's meant to be a helping hand for you to get on your feet and then to be to grow into more productive and more valuable. Right. It's meant to be a life preserver, right? Yeah. It's meant to rescue it's the, you it's when the you're hand drowning. Up concept. Right. And uh, I don't think that's political. I think that's actually the way most most people think. Is I don't know a lot of people that are anti helping people get on their feet, but they're anti people taking advantage of it. Right. 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 And that's the issue is it's not a lifestyle. It is it is a way to get you on your feet and get, you know, seek help from qualified people that can get you on the right track. Well, and I would say seek out a mentor. Like if you feel like your life is stuck. Right. Seek out somebody right. that you feel is doing well. 
doing well with their family, yep. doing well with business, doing well with their job. What are they doing that's different than what you're doing? Right. And be mentored. Be mentored because there's a really there's an implied message in that that's very fascinating. And again, this is this is kind of uh, offensive to a lot of people, but the the implied message is you need to take steps to improve yourself. I love it. Okay. Yep. And and this is important because the jobs that pay terrible, right? A minimum wage job is a minimum value job. You want to improve yourself so that you represent more than minimum value to an employer. Right. So you are marketing you, your skill set. And if you're if you think that, you know, a lifetime of being an entry level position deserves to be paid more. Well, you're going to have to show that you're capable of higher capacity to the employer, because the problem is if you don't show up to work and they can fill in what for what you're doing with anybody that will show up and fog a mirror, you're really replaceable. It means your skill set's not very valuable. And it's not saying that they don't like you. Yeah, it's not whether or not is this you a, like are the valuable. LeBron James thing? It's a skill set issue. It's not even a LeBron James thing. That's a scarcity and leverage discussion, and we've had that before. I'm not beating that drum. I'm simply talking about how when folks are, it's it's the expectation. Like so the the job doesn't owe you a living wage. If the job is so easy to replace you that it could be done by a robot or anybody that's willing to do part time or the high school kid just getting started, like you have to develop more skill. But I'll say that if you do a good job and you do it well, people will notice like there's a young man who works worked at my local McDonald's and I've noticed all of a sudden he was wearing a different shirt. He became a manager and then I noticed he was up in Sutherland and not green and he's working that chain. He's getting promoted to supervisor and shift leader and manager and he's climbing that ladder. Yeah. And it's because and, and it's interesting because I've noticed like his haircuts changed, his demeanor's changed a little bit. He's, you know, and by the way, I note I noticed as a patron, like because you kind of get used to seeing certain faces, right? And, and we also now know that you go to McDonald's. Way too often. I love fountain sodas, by the way, totally addicted, not gonna lie. Um, yeah. But it's, something kills all of us. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just admitting. I realize soda is bad for you. Totally understand it. I'm admitting that's like my thing. I don't do coffee. I do soda, and I don't do it all day long. But anyways, um, so but I'm just saying I n noticed it right, and I said to him like, "Hey, I'm proud of you. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you're at in life, but like I'm proud of you for kind of following that for being valuable for working up that and chain of ladder." That's really the point. So. Um, the the takeaway is I'm not making this judgment call and sometimes people misread this they think well you're saying that so and so is not valuable it, no. you know th th these are people and they have names and they have families and I, all true and all important so I'm not glancing over that but what I'm also saying is there's an economic component at play here and so you need to make yourself more valuable be reliable be able to take on the new tasks you know if you do those things there is an upside and for everybody that believes there's not i will just tell you that you're wrong there's <laughs> you're just you're just to hear that folks david just said nope if you think that it's you you're know, wrong if you're in a dead-end job then you need to recognize that if there's no upside to the job then then you go you don't stick around and wait for the job to figure out how to give you more upside you become more valuable and find a better job right because i will tell you as an employer you're always on the lookout for, for folks good talent that are that are yeah, good talent and a cultural fit and it'll work hard and do well. And the other thing is, if you do it right, the compensation will find you. 
Right. Think about that statement for it. If you do a great job, the compensation will find you. I like it. I like it. All right. We got to grab our final break. Just a few more thoughts when we come back. Uh, Until then, Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. Katie, Katie's having technical difficulties. (laughs) I just got wound up in the headphones, folks. I'm pretty sure I pulled out half my hair. It's awesome. It is news day. That's all I got to say. My kids made it to school safe and sound and on time this morning. It's the first day of school. First day of school. I like I I've actually been nervous all weekend. I'm like, wait a minute. When did that happen? Well, they they changed it. Right. It used to be that middle school didn't start till seventh grade in the Sutherland system. Now it's sixth sixth grade. grade. So and here's the sad thing. There is a sad because my daughter's all giddy because she has a locker now. Oh, I right. bet. And so over the weekend, we rearranged her bedroom furniture so she has a desk now to do homework. Aww. Like that'll happen. <laughs> but nothing like the kitchen table. That's all I got to say. Yeah. So um, my yeah. kids play school at their desks and then actually do their schoolwork at the kitchen table. Yeah. We'll see. But nevertheless, so uh, the sad part is that, you know, Heather teaches music in Sutherland. And she's not she with lost Heather a year anymore because she would have had one more year with mom and now she doesn't. So Aww. and uh, when they did their last performance, you know, it, it was afterwards when I said, well, that was the last one you're going to get with Mads. And she was like, and it hit her. She's like, oh, wow. I didn't even realize she was so Aww. busy working through it that it didn't occur to her that that was the the last performance. And so I was like, oh, yeah. I know. So. First day of school, and it's and it's Muse Day. It's just ton in the, yeah, ton day. You're not going to get me to go with this Muse Day thing. No, it's, it's been a ton today. Let me tell you, it's definitely a ton day. Yeah. All right, so we were talking about it's a Tuesday Monday, and there's always twice as much to is. do, so it's a ton day. It is. We were talking about making yourself more valuable. So there's a. I wanted to say really quick. There's a great movie out there. I love movies. We speak movie in our office a lot, um, but it has Tom Hanks in it and Julia Roberts, and it's called Larry Crown, and it's about a guy who hits the ceiling, right? He wants to become more valuable so he can climb the corporate ladder. So if you're looking for a fun movie to watch, it's a good it's a good mm-hmm. little, like, it's not a rom-com necessarily, but it's a comedy. And it has Tom Hanks in it, which I think he's an amazing actor. So it's a fun little movie. But it kind of fits with what we're talking about, making yourself more valuable. Here's a guy who's middle-aged that goes back to school to make himself more valuable. Right. Well, and it's funny. I look at the theme today, and, uh, you know, we, we start with this concept of, capital markets right you know big data is trying to sell you on everything and so you need to be aware that if you are a a target then uh, one of the ways that you insulate yourself is by being strategically well prepared so you do the budget and you have the discipline to not get caught in something that's unanticipated right right? so those are all elements of it and then we start talking about uh, how to fund your lifestyle Right. So if you want this other stuff, and one of them is exactly this, become more valuable. You're making the point. You know, one of the things that is not often uh, spoken about, but in this day and age is much more common. And I think it's important that folks realize is uh, I am not in any way, shape or form trying to foster disloyalty. No. Okay. That's but what I'm about to say is a little bit unusual. And that is that you are not trapped in an organization. If you get a job somewhere you're not stuck there. If you are more valuable than that job and a better opportunity presents itself, 
then sometimes you need to take it. Now, don't always look at the dollar. Make sure that you evaluate the the whole opportunity, right? Like, I mean, if you're switching companies and you're going to be miserable the whole entire time, Oh, yeah, that's no, not necessarily worth the pay increase. So the, evaluate the whole offer. Correct. But I do think that that is worth saying because it used to be that people would put in 30 years to get a gold watch and a pension. Right. <laughs> such I a think joke those now. days are behind us. Yeah, way behind. Uh, you know, these days they retired with grandpa. People will have lots of stints and, you know, seven or more uh, mini careers. Right. Right. Seven. So you think about three or four years. I'm in my third. Yeah. So lots of stints. Then and they will oftentimes be in similar industries, but not necessarily the same. <laughs> Mine are not uh, related at all. <laughs> yeah. But it's important to keep this in mind because uh, and the and the other thing is if your area doesn't offer offer the opportunities, sometimes you need to be more mobile. Uh, if you find yourself structurally trapped, and one of the tough scenarios is when they say, "Well." You know, I have family that's here and I need to care for them. Okay, that's tough because that's going to limit some of your options. Um, And it's it just it is what it is. And so I'm not begrudging that or anything else, but just acknowledge it. You know, don't say I'm a victim because it's just, well, everybody's circumstances are what they are. Right. Uh, But it doesn't change the the core message, which is uh, be valuable. And if you're more valuable than the position, um, (laughs) you need to take a better position. And that's what you want, right? You want to be able to climb in that sense. Uh, but then keep in mind, there are intangibles as well. So it's not always just about the dollars, which is what we started the show out from the very beginning. Well, and I'm going to say one little thing on that, too. Try to make more money if you can, but also look at your budget and try to see if you can cut also. Because if you and make more and cut, then you'll see such a big jump in your life because you're working to climb up, but also cutting the spending at the same time. Makes a huge difference. Yep. There you go. And with that, look, you timed it just right. So here we are at the end of the show. As Remember, if you want to catch us again, podcast at littlejohnfs.com. How do they reach us, Katie? 541-375-0898. All right. So for all of your financial planning and investment needs, feel free to give us a call. Uh, this has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. From Little John Financial Services. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN.